back to Plastic Surgery Decoded, the podcast where we demystify plastic surgery and unpack it into relatable concepts. I'm your host, Dr. Regina Newhan, and today we're talking about buttock enhancement. We'll talk about its increase in popularity, what the choices are, some serious risks that can be involved, what to expect afterward, and how long the various options may last. Remember that this podcast reflects my experience and my opinion. It is not intended to give formal medical advice, but instead you can use it to gain insight, whether you're actually considering a procedure or you're just curious. So settle in for a listen and enjoy. The appeal of the curvy figure has fluctuated throughout the ages, and frankly, the shape and size of the buttocks has been integral to that. Think back to ancient fertility figures you may have seen in museums with exaggerated features. What about Renaissance portraits where fleshiness ruled? Women wearing bustles in the 1800s? Pinup icons in the 40s and 50s? Then the temporary shift to idealizing the skinny look in the 60s and 70s, think Twiggy, and tapering into the next decades. Then back to today's embracing of the fuller figure, particularly of the buttock region, think Kardashians. But wait, didn't people even 20 years ago think that the ideal buttocks were small and slender? People would even request buttock liposuction, and they still do sometimes. What happened? Well, aesthetic paragons do change over time, and there's been a welcomed expansion and embracing of diverse cultural ideals as well. So with the greater desire of some to acquire this look, if they didn't possess it already, people have sought out assistance. Unfortunately, I'm sure we've all heard stories of misguided people getting all sorts of things injected into their buttock region, like liquid industrial silicone, administered in an unsterile way by unscrupulous people. These have led to disfigurement, illness, and even death. But there are more mainstream methods available now. Last year, according to the American Society for Aesthetic Plastic Surgery, over 35,000 buttock-enhancing procedures of various types were performed and buttock procedures have nearly doubled in the last five to 10 years, a dramatic increase as compared to most other cosmetic procedures. 40% of patients were aged 18 to 35, and another 40% aged 35 to 50. In particular, fat grafting as a means of gluteal augmentation, gluteal meaning buttock, has become increasingly popular over recent years. What's the specific aesthetic goal? Well, it's to have rounder, fuller, and more elevated or lifted buttocks. But wait, let's back up for a minute, no pun intended, and go over what the actual options are. These can be broken down into two main categories, surgery and alternatives. In terms of surgery, the choice depends on the starting point and how much change is being sought after. And not uncommonly, there can be a combination of surgical techniques used to create the desired look. If there is general sagging of the buttock region with loose skin, a person could have what's called a buttock lift. The buttock lift requires a kind of lengthy incision across the upper buttock region, but it would be typically hidden under a bathing suit bottom. Through that incision, the buttock skin is undermined to the degree necessary and lifted upward in the direction of the head. Then the excess skin is trimmed off horizontally and the remaining skin edges are stitched together for closure. 
This procedure might be performed more commonly for a patient who had undergone significant weight loss or for someone whose buttock region settled quite a bit with age. It's a nice, effective procedure, but there is a fair amount of downtime due to the length of incision that has to heal and due to the location of the incision. Sitting too early may pop some sutures. Also, it's important to realize that this surgical buttock lift by itself does not add volume to the region. It only removes excess skin and tightens remaining skin. But volume is where most people want improvement and preferably through less invasive skin incisions. So in terms of volume augmentation, the choices include inserting something extrinsic like an implant or transferring the own body's tissues into the region like fat grafting or even what's called a dermal fat graft. So let's talk about all of these. Implants make up about 5% of buttock enhancement procedures. Buttock or gluteal implants are not the same thing as, say, a breast implant. They are typically a flatter and more solid, yet flexible, silastic product. They come in different sizes and shapes, but are usually a variation of oval or round shape. This means a volume enhancement for the buttocks is a reasonable option. But of course, like anything, there can be occasional problems, such as implant shifting position over time or gradual contour distortion for various reasons. Fat grafting for buttock enhancement makes up about 95% of the procedures done to add volume, and just as it sounds, it involves moving fat from one part of the body to another. You may have heard the term Brazilian butt lift, and that is exactly what this is. It is a strategic and customized enhancement of the fullness and shape of the buttocks by injecting a body's own fat into the areas that need it most. And the extra bonus is that the fat is obtained through liposuction, often from nearby areas where there may be a bit too much excess, such as hips and thighs, thereby further enhancing the sculpted appearance of the buttocks by comparison. Fat grafting to the buttocks, or again the Brazilian butt lift, is conceptually a nice procedure but more recently, there have been some quite serious complications associated with it, and I'll discuss this in more detail in just a little bit. A less common method of volume restoration or enhancement to the buttocks involves something called dermal fat grafts. These are essentially sections of fat and overlying fibrous tissue from the undersurface of the skin, which can be kept attached somewhere to preserve blood supply, but are otherwise loosened and then folded under the portion of the buttocks that needs volume. This pumps up that area with tissue that is likely to stick around and help maintain fullness. If a person was having a formal buttock lift, then rather than discarding excess skin and fat, it could be maintained and folded under for volume once the outer skin layer was removed since that top layer cannot stay buried under other skin. But by needing to stay attached for blood supply reasons, there is a limit to how far the dermal fat graft can reach although there have been some reports of fully detaching this tissue or even using the tissue removed during, say, a tummy tuck, then placing it anywhere the volume is needed. Yet, survival of that detached tissue would be in question. And I mentioned earlier the use of combination of techniques to try to achieve best results, as it's conceivable that one single method alone may not do the trick. As an example, Having a combination buttock lift and volume restoration procedure may be just right for some people. But of all the surgical procedures we've discussed, the Brazilian butt lift or fat grafting is by far the most utilized and most popular. Well, with all this discussion of surgical options, 
you might wonder if there are any alternatives to surgery that could contribute to buttock enhancement. And the answer is certainly, but the amount of expected improvement must be tempered in comparison. Working out regularly and intensively to tone the muscles of the buttocks and thighs can make a nice change in contour, though this cannot address excess or loose skin, and its capacity for volume augmentation has limits. For those who don't want to go that route, there are even some newer machine technologies out there, such as high-intensity electromagnetic energy used by M-Sculpt or the like. Rapid intense muscle contractions are produced to simulate or surpass what intense workouts can do, though they cannot improve your health like regular exercise does. And for those with more concern about buttock skin texture and contour, there are numerous skin tightening technologies and a few that tout cellulite treatment with varying success. But for all of these alternative treatments, maintenance is needed, and the amount of improvement produced has limits they are not going to be able to approximate the same results as surgery, but maybe they are just right for some people whose goals are different. By the way, if you're interested in hearing more about cellulite in particular, I discuss it in additional detail in podcast episode number two, towards the end. Back to our surgery discussion, how and where are these procedures done? Surgical buttock lifts, Implants and fat grafting, or Brazilian butt lifts, are most often performed in an operating room under anesthesia. Generally, the patient goes home the same day, but they usually won't be able to sit on the buttock region for a while, so activities have to be greatly curbed for at least a couple of weeks, if not longer, to get best results and to avoid compromising what was achieved during surgery. Yes, a bit awkward, but once a patient has decided to undergo the downtime, discomfort, and expense of such a procedure, they are usually pretty dedicated to doing what's necessary for best results. There are specially designed garments that some surgeons have their patients wear for a couple of weeks or more. These have the cheeks cut out of each buttock region to avoid direct pressure while still being supportive for the rest of the trunk area. As time passes, gradual sitting for periods of time starts and eventually more and more activity can return. Swelling makes it a bit difficult to determine final results for at least three months or so, but early on people can still notice changes and get an excited glimpse of what the future might look like. Well, after all of this great effort, what could go wrong? Like any other surgery, complications may occur, and some are more serious than others. These complications can include infection or bleeding, contour irregularities and asymmetries beyond what was there before surgery, and this could relate to internal scarring. If there was fat grafting, some of the fat may not survive in its new location. Occasionally that leads to what is called fat necrosis, which can be lumpy or uncomfortable. Massage can help this. Depending upon location of implant placement or fat grafting, there can be injury to the sciatic nerve, which would result in pain shooting down the back of the leg, like you may have heard with sciatica. In this case, it would be rare for it to be a permanent problem, and surgeons these days take great care to avoid disturbing the plane where the sciatic nerve is located. Also, though not likely, and precautions are taken, blood clots could form in the blood vessels of the lower body, which could then break off and go to the heart and lungs, such as with a pulmonary embolism. And something called a fat embolism could occur in a fat grafting Brazilian butt lift procedure, 
which involves loose fat getting into the blood vessel system and going to the heart rather than a clot. Both types of embolism could be potentially fatal. And this fat embolism, in particular, is the complication that worries many surgeons. We never like to think of death associated with happy elective procedures, but over the last several years, as Brazilian butt lift has gained popularity, the number of spontaneous patient deaths seem to be mysteriously and alarmingly high compared to other procedures. And no one was quite certain of the actual mechanism. A couple of years ago, a multi-society task force, including the world's most notable plastic and cosmetic surgery organizations, reported 1 in 3,000 patient deaths with Brazilian butt lift. This was the highest mortality rate of any cosmetic procedure. Clearly, there was a problem. But some great studies were done to identify specific surgical pitfalls. What we know so far is that there may have been a combination of ways the loose fat was getting into the bloodstream. One was by the accidental tearing of a deep vein with the cannula or long instrument used to inject the fat into the buttock region. And the other was from the same thin, fragile veins, possibly tearing due to stretch on them after the fat was injected. Once there is a tear in the vein, loose fat that has been injected into the region could gradually work its way into the vein, again from pressure or muscle movement. Some surgeons have chosen to shy away from doing this procedure at all as a result. For the remainder, strict guidelines have now been established regarding specific technique, instruments to be used, level of depth for deposit of the fat, and which entry points should be used for safest outcome. Likely more information will be coming down the pike as future study of this important concern continues. So, if you have been considering this procedure with great benefits, realize there is always risk. Make sure you have a board-certified surgeon who is very familiar with the current surgical and technical guidelines to minimize the risk as much as possible. And, like any appearance-enhancing procedures, we always want to know, will they last? Many patients can expect years of improvement, but tightened skin and enhanced buttock contour will tend to settle over time, both with age and with repeated stretch from normal activities, just as you'd expect. Due to inherent skin characteristics, it tends to happen faster in some patients and slower in others, which is beyond anyone's control. But as always, it comes down to each individual person's tolerance for gradual change. Most may feel they've achieved the magnitude of modification they wished, such that it would be a long time before they would consider any revision procedure, if at all. There is an additional consideration with the Brazilian butt lift, however, in the short term. Once the fat has been transferred into the buttock region, there's no guarantee that all of it will take or survive. Once it takes, it tends to last indefinitely. But we know that it is highly likely the body will resorb some of it, with the actual amount varying from person to person. And that's why many surgeons will overfill to compensate for partial loss. It's not unheard of for a person to have a second or even a third procedure to gradually build up to the level of enhancement they're looking for. However, most surgeons will wait at least six months or so before considering this to make the best assessment of need. And then there is the issue of weight fluctuation, which will have an effect on the added fat in the buttock area as a person gains or loses. So if you like the look that remains after several months, here is incentive to keep overall weight stable. 
Well, we've gone over a lot in this one podcast episode, but I hope it leaves you with a better understanding of the many options for buttock enhancement and also with a healthy respect for the risks that can be present. Again, nothing can substitute for a good consultation with your board-certified plastic surgeon in order to determine the best course of action for a prospective patient and a safe one as well. Well, that's our show for today. Hope you enjoyed it and learned something too. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Please share this podcast with someone else who might be interested. And while you're at it, check out the podcast website for related topics to explore. It's www.plasticsurgerydecoded.com. And as always, thank you for listening to Plastic Surgery Decoded.